previously on This Is How We Rolled. I'm not going in to take them out for their smoke break. Well, none of us are doing- you're- you're the go. Once you start, then we all start. Alright, and right as you say that, Cheryl and Dave come walking out of the bank. Ah, we say, uh... Bubala. <laughs> yeah, we say Bubala here. <laughs> so, Bubala to you, sir. Bubala to you. And she clanks glasses with you, um, and she takes a nice sip, and she says, Hmm... It's a very interesting body, uh, a very tart finish. I I can't say that I've ever had anything quite like it. You put your ear up to the vault door like in a cartoon, and uh, you can hear the lock click into place in three separate places, and then the vault door swings free toward you um, and outwards toward the uh, outside wall of the bank. Uh, was it five? Yeah, five. I think it was six. Polished. Uh, whatever. It's all It's all of the family tokens. And they look like the ones that were on the decoy necklace that Ivy had, but they uh, are like a heavy metal and clearly like ancient forged metal, um, and they don't appear to have anything like fake or explosive about them. Make them make more. Yes, I could. I can. I can keep the paperwork and and have the account ready to open as long as you come back within twenty four hours. We can open the account. Perfect. Yeah, Ivy, I think we you owe us a homes. little bit of an apology. You're, you know what? When you're right, you're right. I'm so sorry. I should have believed in you, but now I know I can trust you. And that was, oh, I can't believe you got them. These are the real family tokens. I haven't had these in my hands for some time. And welcome back to talking about baseball cards. <laughs> this is our this is our Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card edition. Oh, that's my, a good one. My favorite player, time favorite player. Oh, I my batting stance Chuck, was just Chuck like Knobloch rookie card here, mint condition. Oh, mint condition. <laughs> that's what you want. You want those specs. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So last time. Uh, you were back in the hearth, which is where we are now, and you successfully pulled off the Dragon National Bank or the Dragonstone Bank or whatever it's called, Bank of the Dragon Heist. The Hearth Five Heist? Yeah, I can't remember what you guys ended up calling it. Or the Five of Hearths. The Five of Hearths. Yeah. Um, yeah, whatever it was. You pulled off the heist, you managed to get in, and you stole the family tokens for the Assyrian family, and now you have them in hand. And uh, it is the day before the summoning of the families. And uh, so you know that you have uh, the tokens and the goal now is to try to enter this Dragonborn tournament. Um, You had already shown Ivy that you had the tokens and she took them for safekeeping. And the... uh, The ceremony, she tells you, is called the Versal Guest. V-E-R-S-E-L-G-E-S-T. Literally translated, it means power quest in Draconic. Um, and so she explains that as as this ceremony happens, um, it's going to be uh, pretty formal, but it takes place right outside of the royal temple next to the tomb of the deposed kings, so in sort of a public square setting. And 
the Master of Ceremonies, who is generally the eldest member of the current king's family, will bring out the ceremonial uh, the ceremonial urn, and every family will place their tokens in the urn, one for each competitor who will be competing in the tournament, and all the families that enter will get a spot in the tournament. Um, they will receive their tokens back if their players are eliminated or if they perish. Um, and at the end of the tournament, the winning family collects their tokens as well. Um, and they're actually the ones that redistribute the placed tokens to those families. Um, and so uh, that is the situation. You need to go to this ceremony and place those tokens in the pot. Um, and uh, yeah, that's all that Ivy really gives you. So does anyone have any questions for her about that? Uh, Ivy, what comes after the the ceremony? Well, after the ceremony, it's about two and a half days until the first event. What, what do do we prepare in the two days? Are we giving guidance on what we're going to be facing? Absolutely, and it will be the royal chariot race, which I think I may have mentioned to you once or twice. Um, as as you know, we we acquired our wagon on on our past adventure in the desert, and we have the uh, the axe beaks to pull it. So that is going to be the main uh, formation of our entry uh, into this tournament, into this race. So, um, and and I can explain more about that uh, and the specific roles that you will each play after we get entered into the tournament. Do do we? Like, are you planning on us being in it? Because we're not related to you. No, but I'm not one to stand up and say that I follow every single tradition of the Dragonborn, and I think that we can probably enter anyone. All that I've ever been told is that you have to have the family tokens, and once the token is placed, that player must play in the tournament. And and then the rest of your team can just be whoever? I do know that you can't be a dragonborn from another dragonborn family. That is the one legal restriction on entries. I've never heard of anyone who's not dragonborn entering the tournament, but that doesn't mean that it can't happen. I see. I say it's a loophole. Okay. Well, we're here. We got to do it. So we got to hope the loophole works. Plus, there are two of us who are Isyrians. So at the end of the day, if at least one of us ends up winning then we have a legitimate dragonborn champion. It's, is Granny going to play too? Good God, no. She can barely walk from her bedroom out to the front door. Granny's not going to be in attendance? Don't you want Granny to see? Well, she'll probably come and watch, but she's not going to be participating. Well, no. I mean, she'll be there to watch. I mean, can she? does she bake any like real good cookies for us before the event? Ooh, is that like yeah. a thing we do here? Um, I, it's a bit juvenile, but I suppose that she could probably make us some, some goodies. Perhaps she could have them ready for us as soon as our race is over. Uh, I think before the race and then after the race. (laughs) And then, and then maybe some orange slices at halftime of the race. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, well, there isn't really a halftime of this one, but, um, if we can make it to some of the other events, maybe there will be a halftime in those. They haven't actually announced the formal schedule and what the tournament will entail this year, but uh, there there have been some events in the past that have had halftime. Ivy, I know you know I haven't been here in a while, but 
you haven't lived until you had the cookies and the orange slices. I mean, we're telling you the right stuff here. I mean, I believe you. Does anyone have any questions about uh, about the ceremony tomorrow, <laughs> the versatile guest? Um. Well, Mazecore, I believe he's got some fancy clothes coming his way. Can we just go in this? And, like, my outfit is just, like, basically rags sewn together at this point from how many times I've been hit. Well, what I would suggest is that we may want to use these. And she pulls out some sort of, like, silken, almost like a burqa-type garment. Um, It's just sort of a coverall. It goes over your head. Um, but it's, it's like a cloak, a big cloak, but it's like a lightweight one. Um, and she says, what I would recommend is that each of you wear one of these. I will go as I am. Macecore, you can go as you are. Flint and Felosiol, I would recommend that, uh, and Jandar, you as well. I would recommend that you each wear one of these cloaks. I have the feeling that as long as Macecore and I walk confidently, showing that we are true members of the Isserian house, and then the three of you follow quickly and drop your tokens, there will be no time for anyone to intervene. The, uh, this feels like we're doing something wrong. What if they don't like it and they, like, kill us or something? Oh, they would never kill you. The, the rules of the tournament are sacred. Once you enter a token, you are in the tournament, and no one in the realm, they lay a finger on you until the tournament is over. Mm, sounds a little risky to me. Well, I mean, how else are we going to get you guys in the tournament? Well, maybe you two could just do it. Well, the key is that it's a generally, it's going to be two rounds of team events, and if we don't have a strong team of at least five people, then there's no chance that we're going to make it to the final. Perhaps we get the orange slices, <laughs> and you two enter the tournament and then everybody's happy yeah i well how about how about if i promise that we'll have orange slices at all the events and i'll get grammy to work on some cookies so that we can have them before and after each of the events if you promise to be on the team and to try your best i'm in i am 100 percent in you had me at orange slices not before then. I can't say that I really thought that this is how this was going to go, <laughs> but I'm glad that we've reached an amicable solution. Is everyone good? Um, do we also get to sleep here? And is there a team outfit? Yes, you'll be sleeping here, and we don't have a team outfit, but I feel like that would be very stylish of us. Yeah? Well, why don't we all get silk outfits? That sounds mm. nice. We would have we would have enough time to get something like that put together before the tournament starts, not probably before the uh, ceremony tomorrow. Are you going to get us the silk outfits? What do you mean? How uh, we don't have that much money. We have some, but not that much. Well, Are they expensive? I, you know, I think that we could get some lower end silk, and uh, I do. Grammy is good friends with a tailor who works in the bazaar, so I think that she might do it pro bono, especially for us to enter the tournament. Um, so I wouldn't worry about the cost. I think we can probably pull that off. We can pull that together tomorrow. Maybe That'll we be could project. just make our own. We can get the material and have a bonding night. Maybe. We're going to have some things to prepare for, but, you know, we, we can kind of figure that out. I feel like you all are getting swamped down in the details. So, <laughs> Excuse me. Yep. So let me just say... I'm very, very happy with all the help that you've given me, and I think that we've got a real shot in this tournament if we work together. 
we're gonna work together. I mean, hey, we're we're here we're here for the scepter, and you're here for your rightful place on the throne. So, here, here, I agree. Um, and Juniper, her uh, Ivy's fiance, has been kind of sitting off to the side and not really saying much. Um, and when you kind of reach the end of that, she, uh, she's been standing close to Jandar. Um, and Jandar, she just kind of pulls you in closer to her as, as this little conversation is breaking up. And she just says, you promise me that you're going to take care of her out there. This is a more of a dangerous task than she's letting on. She'll be all right. We'll make sure that she's okay. Uh, can, did I hear what she said to Jandar? Nope. <sighs> it was for his ears only. Um, and uh, and so she she heads out. She's actually kind of gotten herself back to work in the hearth here. She is a uh, she's like a supervisor at the granary, Juniper. Um, and so she's going to go earn some coin. Um, and. The night, the rest of that night passes pretty uneventfully. You have a nice meal there at Isirian House. You have the tokens. It's a pretty celebratory m- mood in the house. Um, everyone has some wine and spirits, and Burke sticks around, um, having been part of the Five of Hearths heist. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, yes, a uh, Burke, Burke, can can you be on this team too? Oh no, I. They know me around here. There's no way that I'm getting anywhere close to that, uh, to the Vestal, Versal Grest. But, but you, you think that they'll let us near it? I mean, look, look at us. We don't pass as dragonborn. Well, we're just gonna have to ignore that plot hole, <laughs> and we're just gonna say that I can't enter for some reason. You would be useful, I think. <laughs> Nope, I really wouldn't. Okay. What are you going to be doing during the tournament? Well, I'll be watching and probably betting on it. <laughs> I'm putting money on you all at long odds, so if you win, I'm really going to make a killing. Well, I I hope so. I mean, we've been through a, this much together. Can can I give you some gold to also put on us? Yes. Absolutely. Me too. Um, how much gold are you giving him? Burke, yeah, how much is each person going to give him? If you could give me, I'm going to give you five gold pieces to put us to put on us winning the, the entire tournament. Okay, excellent. I will do the same. How much? How how much to bet the field? Uh, well, you you know more about betting than I do, so you <laughs> should probably tell me if, if they're betting five gold on you to win the whole thing. How much would it cost to bet the field? Uh, I'll put twenty five on us. I'm feeling pretty confident. All right. Uh, Jandar Flint is doing twenty five. Um, may score five gold. And Felosio, what are you doing? Um, I'll do sixty gold. Boy, I'll tell you, if I wasn't a little bit more upstanding, I'd probably just take all of this and run. I mean, there's a chance you'll do that, but um, we'll find well, you. We if, will find if you. you. All, if you all die in the tournament, can I keep the gold? Uh, yes. Left yes. At that point? Yeah, I yes. mean, you've, you're betting it all, but... Yeah, well, I think that they might they might let me withdraw some if if for example several of you die in the first round, then maybe I'll be able to recoup some of our oh. losses by 
you know, pulling it out for a, a, a loss. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Okay, I'll make, I promise, I'll, I'll make good decisions for you. And, you know, if I die, you can have what's left of my money, too. I won't have any Oh, wow, that's it. very generous of you. I barely know you, but I appreciate it. <laughs> well, what am I gonna do? Give it to one of these dragonborn folks who don't like me. Fair enough. It's a tough, tough place to live. Wh- what about giving it to Greenhall? Who's gonna get it back there? Well, all right. I'm gonna well, I'm gonna head down to the bazaar and see what kind of odds are going off, and uh, I'm gonna just be wandering town, and I'm certainly not gonna be drinking on your dime. That's for sure. I'll see you all later. Get a good night's sleep, and uh, good luck getting into the tournament. Can can we see if he's telling us the truth? Uh, yeah. Make an insight check. Well, nine. Yep. All right. See you as later. As far as you can tell, he's telling the truth. He seems to be pretty much on the up and up. Bye, um, Burke. So Burke takes some of your gold. He's going to go bet. Uh, you have a plan to go the next day after entering the tournament to try to find some sort of matching team uniform. Um, you all go to sleep on some fairly comfortable sleeping mats in a large open space off of the main dining room in House Isirian. Um and you have a fairly good restful night's sleep, so you can, if anybody had any damages or anything, you can recoup all of that, because you are well rested now. Um, the next morning, the town is alive with energy, and you can just feel that there's sort of this nervous energy, and it's a cool morning, and there's actually a bit of a misty fog over the town as the sun rises up over the town walls. And... As the sun rises and light falls into the hearth, uh, you start to hear more people passing by House Isirian outside, coming from other parts of the town to the central area next to the royal temple and the tomb of the deposed kings. Um, And so Ivy brings the box of tokens into into the kitchen as you all are eating a small breakfast that Grammy prepared. And she checks to make sure that you each have your cloaks. And she gives each of you a token and says, hold on to this. Please, please don't lose it. Just don't lose the token. Put it into the pot when our family's name is called. And this will be over uh, before you even know it. And actually, if you don't throw your cloaks off right after, then nobody will probably know exactly who you are. So, you know, we could keep them in the dark for a little longer. Do you think they won't wonder, though? Oh, they probably will. But, you know, like I said, it's a sacred bond between the tournament and the players. Uh, Also, Grammy, could I get more of these smiley-faced pancakes? Coming right up. Yes. You guys have any extra syrup? (laughs) Oh, yes. Hang on. Let me get another bottle. God, you guys are so Um, demanding of Grammy. Jeez. Let it rest. She seems to be pleasant uh, because she is just happy to have some company. Her cooking uh, is so good. Do you not like these? No. They're... Well, you know, I'm just a typical grand, uh, grandmother who's a dragonborn. I love to feed my grandkids. <laughs> <laughs> and it is delicious. Sorry, my, my accent comes out more as, as I hang out more with you guys. <laughs> I can assure you that's how most grannies love ta- love feeding their grandkids. I mean, Janda, you're going to make her cut apple uh, oranges all day. That's true. So this is true. Oh, don't you worry about that. 
alright, have fun at the ceremony, and she kind of, like, ushers you out of the house as, uh, breakfast has ended. Um, and you all walk down to the main square, and you find that there is now quite a crowd assembled around the Tomb of Deposed Kings, and in front of it there is a small pedestal with an ornate golden urn. Uh, it's a pretty large urn, um, and it seems to be woven out of some kind of shining metal and some clay pieces as well. Um, and there's a fairly ancient-looking dragonborn man with a long white beard standing next to the urn. And you can see groups of dragonborn, uh, particularly strong-looking dragonborn warriors and cunning-looking dragonborn rangers and things of that nature um, in groups uh, appearing to be grouped by family. And a lot of the locals who are not entering the tournament kind of stand back and form a large ring and arc around this area of town as they watch the ceremony. And the cer master of ceremonies pulls out a scroll and it rolls onto the ground and he starts calling out dragonborn house names. Um, so he goes through the list and first he calls out the Stoneman family. And you see uh, a group of dragonborn warriors, big and strong, um, and they're carrying a family heraldry flag with a large boulder on a field of black. And they walk up and drop their tokens into the pot and are then cheered by the crowd. Uh, he goes on. The Fire Eaters! And uh, you see another group of dragonborn carrying uh, a flag with a dragon eating a flaming sword on a blue background. And they walk forward and place their tokens into the pot. The burn spits! And it goes on and on like this um, through several more families, and eventually he calls out, House Isirian! And the crowd kind of murmurs because... Um, Every house has now had champions, but a lot of them know that the House Isirian has fallen on hard times. Um, and so they're watching with the great anticipation in Ivy's direction because, uh, you know, a few of them will actually be in the know that she had to leverage her tokens as collateral for the house. Um, and so there's no expectation that she's going to enter. Um, as they call the name, Ivy kind of freezes up a little bit. Um, she doesn't react right away. So what are you going to do? Um... Did, uh, did we bring a flag? Uh, no, we we don't have one right now. I Maybe we can whip one up before the games. I completely forgot. Um, Ivy, they, they called us, so we should... Oh, right, right, okay. Everyone, just listen, just be confident. Should, uh, are we, like, holding Flint up, or we're just letting him on the ground as a tiny <laughs> dragonborn? Nope, he's just walking with his cloak, um, but he's kind of between a couple of you. Okay. And she says, quickly now, everyone shuffle up and put your put your token in the pot as fast as you can. Um, and so I'm going to need everybody to make a sleight of hand check, please. Twelve. Um, Seventeen. Oh. oh, great. Four. So that's great. Um, and Ivy gets a 12. Okay, so um, in order, Ivy drops her token into the pot and it clangs and jangles into the, the group of tokens down below. Um, followed by Felosial, who drops hers in with a light thud. 
followed by Flint, who drops his in with no issue. And then uh, Mace Core, you drop yours in, and it goes in no problem. Jandar, when you go to drop your token in, you actually miss on your first try. Um, and so I need you to make a stealth check for me. His hands are just shaking Twelve. so much from being nervous. Uh, can I cast Guidance on him? Uh, yeah, that's fine. Okay, I'll cast Guidance so you get an extra D4 to your roll. Uh, okay, to the, to the 12. Yeah, I just, like, bump your arm as we go. Three, so 15. Nice, so 15. Um, yeah, so you you manage, despite dropping your token into the dust, and the crowd actually kind of, like, gasps. Um, but you quickly drop it into the pot without dusting it off or anything weird like that. Um, and you kind of pull your cloak a little tighter around you and then shuffle back. Um, and you all make it back to your spot. The crowd is not cheering, though. They've been cheering every family as they enter, but they don't do any applause or anything for you. Can we um, clap for ourselves? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so y- you clap. Woo! Um, Clapping. Um, and actually, as you, Felosio, are you, like, clapping and cheering as you walk? I'll do, you, like, like, waiting you I'll do like, three or so claps after we get back and we turn around with my back to most of the crowd. Um, one or two people around you sort of throw in a few smatterings of applause as well. Um, but then it kind of stops. But then you kind of start to hear whispers uh, spreading through the crowd um, and people pointing in your direction. Um, and Ivy says... All right, we got we got the tokens in. Let's just back out through the crowd here. And she heads back through the crowd, away from the ceremony, where the master of ceremonies is still reading names of families who are, in turn, dropping their tokens into the bucket. Um, and so you manage to sneak out the back of the crowd, and Ivy takes a somewhat circuitous route and brings you back to House Isirian, um, where she walks through the front door and, and ushers the, th- uh, the four of you through the door, um, and then sort of slumps back against it as it closes behind her. And she breathes the biggest sigh of relief and says, I can't believe that worked. Oh my god, I thought we were done for. Jandar, I can't believe you dropped yours. I know, I know, I know. Depth perception is not my strength. Okay, I thought it was sooner, but I recovered. It's okay, I recovered. Oh my god, you did. Thank god for that. And she actually throws a big hug at you. Uh, she kind of like falls into your arms a little bit. Um, and she just says, oh, this, this has been a long time coming. I didn't think that I'd ever get to enter the tournament again after the last time. But here we are. I can't believe it. Thank God. Oh. Well, we're, we're in this together, uh, you know. And she, so. she looks at you, Macecorn, and says, right, now the fun begins. Let me tell you about this first event. It's Keegan, your Felosial, and I'm just here with a few quick announcements. If you haven't already, please take a moment to rate and review our podcast wherever you're listening. Those ratings and reviews help more listeners like yourselves to find our podcast. Hey everybody, this is your Dungeon Master, Jordan. I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening. We actually are watching our download numbers on Buzzsprout, and we see that there are, in fact, a bunch of you listening. What we would love is if you could find us on Twitter at T-I-H-W-R-20 or you could search for This Is How We Roll 
and let us know what you think of the show. Uh, we are currently collecting questions for an upcoming Q&A session that we're going to do in between arcs. We're currently finishing up the hearth arc in our recording sessions. Uh, you all would not necessarily get to hear the very end of that before we record our Q&A, but we'd love to get any questions that you have about our characters, about us as people, about why we play this game, um, about anything at all. Uh, we could answer your questions. So please find us on Twitter. Hit us up with those questions. Shoot us an email. Uh, if you check in the show notes, there are lots of ways you can contact us. I'm going to be posting a couple of times in the next couple weeks here to gather your questions, but we would absolutely love if you could send those our way. In addition to questions, if you are someone who likes to create your own content for D&D and you would like to submit any of your custom items to be used on our show, please feel free to send those our way as well. Uh, in between the arcs, we generally have a spot where our players can shop and pick up some magical items, uh, various sundries and the like. So if you're someone that likes to create stuff or you just have a favorite that you really like to use in your game and you'd love to see in ours, send it our way. We would be happy to include it on the list and see if any of our players are interested. Thanks. I think that's everything. So now let's get back to the show. And she launches into an explanation. Um, and you're going to have a day to prepare before this first event. Um, and basically, the first event is going to be a royal chariot race. Um, and it takes place in the Badlands outside of the hearth. Um, some distance, but not a huge distance away. Um, and Ivy explains that basically it is a free-for-all, no real rules apply chariot race during which the teams that cross the line with any part of their cart before the others will be declared the winners. So you don't have to have like a complete cart. You don't have to have all the members of your team. You just have to get your cart across the line before other people cross. Um, and she says that it's going to be a battle out there. Um, you know, it's not just a race. It's going to be people fighting each other for position, literally. Um, and she explains that each team is provided with a few pieces of equipment that will help with the race. Um, so each team is going to have a defender. Um, and she says, you know, it's sort of tradition for these to be the names of the positions, but, you know, you can take the tools that you're given and do what you want with them. Um, but, you know, keep in mind that you do have an overall role. So she says she'll be the driver. Um, which makes sense because she's the practiced chariot racer in the family. Um, and so the other positions that you all will fill will be the defender. This is going to be the player who will man the back of the chariot and attempt to throw off any attackers or saboteurs. Um, this person will get a stun baton, which is a long dark metal rod that's teeming with some sort of electromagnetic energy. Um, it has one charge and then needs about three minutes to recharge. If it hits, it sends the person attacked flying back 10 feet with no opportunity to save. Um, one member of the team will be the raider. Uh, that person will attempt to sabotage opponents when the need arises. Um, and that person will have a handheld grappling hook that gives them advantage on all acrobatics checks and deck saving throws during the race. One member of the team will be a mechanic. That person will attempt to repair the cart when the need arises and they will get a roll of adhesive bandages that Ivy says will repair the cart quickly in a pinch. So that gives you advantage 
and a uh, and plus one d12 on a repair check. Um, so I'm going to call repair just a new skill. Um, so you'll roll a d20 with advantage and add a d12 to the roll. Um, so anytime that you need to fix something, if you're using your tape and you're going to have, um, you know, it'll, it'll just kind of depend on how much tape or bandages it takes to fix something. So if you need to reattach a wheel or something, it's going to take a lot. If it's just, you know, uh, part of the spokes on a wheel or, you know, the reins get torn or whatever. So, you know, we'll kind of play it by ear. And then finally, the last member of your team will be the spotter. It's the spotter's job to try to save anyone who is lost from your cart or who falls off of another cart while trying to sabotage them uh, during the race. This person has a leather lasso that reaches about 15 to 20 feet and is connected to a winch on the cart. If someone falls over the edge, this person can use their reaction to lasso them and reel them in. Um, and the, la the lasso functions as a reaction at any time, meaning out of turn, and you roll a d20 plus 8 as a saving throw with the lasso. Okay, so I know that's a lot of stuff to ponder. So let me quickly post, I'm gonna post the descriptions of these items in the chat and then let you all kind of figure out exactly who's gonna do what. Okay. Um, <clears throat> what did people think? I'll just do everything. You guys just sit. <laughs> that that sounds good. Um, there go. Excellent. My feet up. I really just wanna eat some orange slices, so. So I would be the raider, so that's the grappling. Because I feel like I have the best acrobatics, probably one of the best, I think. I, I agree with that. Um, and then, you know, I was thinking maybe I can be the mechanic. Because, uh, Felocio, what's your strength? You have high strength, right? Um, My strength is, yeah, I have a 16, so a plus 3 to strength. Mm -hmm. Um. My dex is 15, my constitution 14, and my wisdom is 14. So I feel like, yeah, my dex and strength are both pretty high. Um, but it doesn't matter. I'll I'll do whichever role is open if people have ones that they feel like they're good for. Because I do feel like I'm pretty well balanced and can do different things. My constitution, sorry, my intelligence is 17. Constitution 16, Dex 16 as well. Um, mm. So I'm fine being the spotter if that's a role that needs to be filled. I, Jordan said that we need someone with a lot of strength uh, to be the defender. My strength is not good. It's like 12. So I should not be the defender. I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure of this like stun baton. If it only works once every three minutes, that's like one hit because movement takes six seconds. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I mean, um, you don't have to use it if you don't want to. Yeah. It's just, I feel like it's a one shot thing. Uh, and also, how many teams are in this with us? That's a great say. question. I don't know. Um, so, Josh will be the spotter. Um, Flint, you'll be the raider, and mm -hmm. Keegan, uh, well, Felocio is just between you and me. Uh, I mean, my, my strength is 14, so you do have one more point on me on strength. Uh, my dexterity is 16, and I do have the range attacks. So I don't know if I'm the mechanic if I can do any range attacks. I feel like what might be good is, like, if I stay the mechanic, if I don't have to fix something, like, I can... Like, I assume I can attack. 
Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm limited to just repairing. So if nothing's broken, I would assume I can just use my action to either help save someone or help attack someone. Right. And same know? thing Same thing with the spotter. If no one's fallen overboard or if no one's... Um, right. You can throw out a, a right. spell or something. Yeah. Um, Mace Core, do you want to... Do you want to be the... What, the defender? Is that what we're trying to figure out? Yeah, I think I think so. Um, I mean, I, I guess that makes sense. I don't have any... Uh, <laughs> I don't have my scimitar anymore, so I don't have hand-to-hand weapon with me. Do you have any hand-to-hand weapons? I mean, we have a bunch of, like, crappy weapons that we picked up from uh, Otto's house. I have my breath weapon. Yeah, you do have that. And then if you wanted to, I'm sure we could just use one of the like crappy swords or something and you could at least have something for hand-to-hand combat if it comes to it. Yeah. Um, but it's up to you. I also have my trick arrows, which have different things in them. The cod piece. You could also use the, um, the, 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 uh, what, the stun gun or the stun baton whatever. Mm-hmm. I have the smoke yeah. bomb. I have two smoke bombs. Um, so it's up to you. If you want me to be the defender, like I do have probably more weapons than you. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, but you also have different spells in case something goes wrong with the right. The, and I don't. All right, so let's do that. Okay. All right, I'm back. How did it go? Did I get kicked out of the group while I was gone? You did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Rex, you gonna have? You know what? That's fair. We uh, killed Ivy while you were gone. Yep. Oh my god. Alright, so Ivy Ivy turns to you and says, Alright, so who who do you think is best suited for each of these roles? Um, who do you think is? Well, I don't really know your skills other than perhaps a general lack thereof from the whole desert rescue thing. So why don't you tell me? Um... Please don't tell me that your plan that you came up with was to ask me. <laughs> no, no. I'll I'll be um I'll do the mechanic part. Excellent. That's perfect. Um I am going to be the spotter. The spotter. Excellent. Oh, I I did have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Um let's say that nobody has fallen out of our wagon yet. Can I use uh, can I use spells to attack other chariots, assuming that... Oh, absolutely, is- okay. yes. Okay. No, these these roles are just, you know, so that we have someone covering each of these tasks. But at, at any given point, if we need to put more people on one of them or more of them, then that's fine. Perfect. But But we only get one of each of these tools. So I want to make sure the person tasked with that has the tool. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Okay, perfect. Um, so you'll be the spotter, Jandar. So who will be our raider? I'll be the raider, and I also have a question for you. How many people are in this race? How many people are we looking at? How many chariots here? Well, it depends on how many families choose to enter the tournament this year, but basically, it doesn't matter how many there are in total. We have to finish in the top four. Mm. Top four? There were like 20, at least 20 people there to put in tokens. Well, maybe the narrator implied that, but there weren't actually that many. Oh my goodness. But, you know, it's an important part of the tournament and this is my strength though. So trust me, I am I'm a great chariot driver. I know I may not look it, 
but I've been practicing for this my entire life, so have some confidence. We can do this. Oh my gosh. But, Macecore, I assume that means that you'll be our defender. Oh yeah, I'll be the defender. On the back. Excellent, that's perfect. So let me, let me show you the ropes. And uh, let's, let's do a little bit of practicing in our positions. So she is, uh, she takes you out to the back. And you all kind of look over this chariot that you've stolen from the spitfires out in the desert. Um, whenever we go out to this race, do you think we should have our horses pull the carriage so that the, um, axe beaks can have some rest before it? I think that's a great idea. We can, we can let the horses pull the chariot to the starting line and then hook up the axe beaks so that they're rested. That's a great idea. And besides, this will give some fanfare. I don't think a lot of the dragonborn have seen horses in quite some time. That's true. Mm -hmm. they, They are uncommon in these parts, so... Uh, you know, it'll be, it'll be very regal of us. Um, and so she, she hooks, uh, she kind of hooks up the, uh, the axe, axe beaks where they're going to be hooked up on the day of to show you, um, you know, sort of the layout. Um, hang on, I'm having an issue with the, uh, map here. How much damage do you think an axe beak can take? Obviously not a bomb. Can take? Yeah, just a general question, because we've only got three of them, so if one of those goes down, we're in trouble, everyone. We'll have to improvise. Well, that and that is a strategy that people have used to go after the, the actual beasts of burden instead of the chariots themselves. It's a dirty move, but of course, I've done it myself many times, so there you go. Um, all right, so let me move you all. So you're going to see now, um, Ivy gives you a glimpse into what this racetrack is going to look like. So you may want to take a moment and kind of peruse that. Um, and so she sort of shows you that Felocio, you're going to want to sort of hang out right behind her because she'll be able to call out if there's some kind of issue with the cart since she's steering it um, or, you know, any of the attachments on the axe beaks themselves. Um, Jandar, you'll want to perch on the highest point of the roof of this chariot, uh, which is going to be just behind Felocio. And Flint, there are a couple of platforms on the back of this where you can kind of post up and be ready to leap onto another cart uh, or launch an attack against someone. And same for you, Mace Core. The very rear of the cart, there's a nice uh, level footing spot where you can uh, plant yourself and attack or defend. So those are going to be your rough positions. Um, does that make sense to everybody? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what we will do is, um, before the race starts, I'm going to have you all roll initiative and that order will be the order that we use for the whole race. Um, and I will go ahead and put a couple of other characters in there as well. Um, Ivy, is this just a once around or is it multiple? Have you ever heard of Mario Kart? (laughs) It's a single lap. Okay. Okay. Just once around the track and, and honestly finishing with an intact cart is miraculous, and usually that means you're going to be in the top four. And how how long, like how long does one lap usually take? Oh, I don't know. Hopefully, fifty minutes or so. Uh, that's quick. <laughs> Roughly, maybe a few minutes longer if people can Man, stay on. So, but that's a pretty <laughs> big track, then. Yeah, it's long. It's long. It, it goes through a lot of the desert outlands there, and. Uh, 
you know, it goes, as I described, it goes around many, many crazy bends and it goes along the canyon edge. So there are definitely some, some struggles just in completing the course, let alone the fact that, oh, I forgot to mention the race actually takes place at night. Oh, so we'll be, we're going to be steering mm, in the geez. dark, but there are, there are lanterns lighting up the entire course, giant, great, uh, fires that burn in these posts. Um, and then there is a central beacon as well, where many of the outland dragonborn will gather for a party on top of a rock. Oh, is that like tailgating where they all? Yes, it has a real Kentucky Derby vibe. <laughs> Sit on their tails. Um, do you have dark vision? Can you see at night? I can see all right. I've got these goggles too, and she pulls out a cool-looking pair of like yellowish goggles that uh, help her to oh. not get dust in her eyes. Nice. Uh, who in our who in her group has has dark vision? I I can see in the dark, but those goggles are very cool. I can see in the dark as well. I do believe. Do we all get them? Uh, let me see if I have any of the old pairs that belong to the other members of my family. As long as you're okay wearing someone's, uh, who's dead. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine with that. It's preferred. Yeah. Um, yeah. She goes into the house and she comes back out with four pairs of those same yellow goggles. Oh, excellent. Oh, we look so cool. Are we wearing our silks? Uh, oh, yeah, I forgot. So we'll just uh, kind of do a smash and grab on that. So um, at some point in the preparations, you did all make your way over to the bazaar. You found some fairly cheap silk. And between Grammy and the in-house... Um, Taylor in the bazaar you managed to get all of your uniforms made in time so you have um yeah you have a, a set of that one. so uh we we picked out what color what color um what color are these you guys I believe there are rhinestones on them um they're uh, purple of course there are yes uh purple is that what I heard yep nice royal purple with with like um what color what color thread? Uh definitely gray. Those are the colors of the Isserian house. Good call. <laughs> Whoever did this. Royal purple, gray thread, and then rhinestones. Yep. Mm. We look ridiculously good. Especially at the back, there's like a little you know, the same as on our tokens, the icicle, like the, the mm. frost. And so the rhinestones outline. Oh, on the back of our shirts. Of course. Uh, amazing. I'm assuming we did this with a music in the background as we did a fashion show with trying on the silk. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Strut our stuff. Yeah. I think it's, um, she's a lady. <laughs> whoa, 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 she's a lady. Just kept yeah, coming up in different obnoxious outfits. Yeah, Blitz has easy and, rippable arms. Yeah, yeah, just come yeah. Off. <laughs> or you just flex and, and like pop a, off. It's like a classic '80s movie uh, montage where uh, Mace Core keeps going in and trying on a different outfit and coming out, and Flint's there shaking his head no. Yeah, yeah. And then he comes out finally wearing like the silk, and then smash cut to everyone all wearing it together. Uh, just... Definitely like either a headband or a sweatband that matches it. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, uh, Ivy. Uh, just quick question at the course. I know obviously it's going to be very dangerous. Are there any parts that are particularly dangerous? Well, the the real 
the real deadly spot on this course is Dead Man's Curve, which, as as you can probably guess from the sound of it, it's a deadly turn, and it takes place uh, about probably two-thirds of the way through the race, and it's where the canyon opens up into some very large crevices, and we have to spin out around several dead trees and around a light post, and you'll be entering that at high speed, and we have to make sure that we make the hairpin turn or else we'll end up in the in the canyon. What what um, if we slow down instead of going at high speed? Well, then we'll get passed by everyone else in the race. <laughs> oh, mm. So you think. Well, I mean, if you've got a strategy to deal with that, that's great. Um, so save it for the race. Excellent. <laughs> so Ivy will not be in turn order um, because the drivers are just going to be constantly driving. So... Um, yeah, she won't necessarily be taking a turn. Um, you know, she can perform reactions if someone's attacking her or something, but she won't be able to like take her own turn. Um, so you have to sort of protect her as well. Um, so yeah, she describes the track. She shows you the map that she draws out of the, of the track. Um, and you, you spend the day training and just getting yourselves ready so that you are ready for this Royal chariot race. Um, and you notice throughout the town, throughout that day, that again, there is this energy building and there are people, more people than you've seen up to this point. And they're not all dragonborn. For the first time, you actually see a few dark elves and wood elves and dwarves and some humans. Um, you know, lots of traders sort of coming in and out of the bazaar. So uh, you notice that the local inns seem to be filling up with visitors um, and a lot of the, the the royal family houses near the House of Isirian are starting to open up their doors to extended family. And so the town has tripled in population, if not more, since you arrived. Um, and uh, yeah, and then on the morning of the race, the town has really just reached uh, a state of high anticipation. Um, people are walking around in town wearing the colors of their favorite houses they're placing bets with merchants along the main street and in the bazaar um you see burke coming in and out of uh, a few establishments that day um as you all sort of walk around town without people realizing that you are in fact the the Isirian team they they shake ivy's hand and wish her luck and same with mace Corps, but they don't greet any of the rest of you who they don't think are entered um and as midday hits, um, Ivy says, all right, we should probably get back and, and prepare and just make sure that we have everything. Um, and she's starting to look a little bit nervous. Um, so you head back to House Isirian, you prepare everything, um, you hook up the horses to the cart, and Juniper then rides along um, and holds on to the axe beaks and sort of keeps them under control behind the cart where they're just strolling and you take it at a nice slow clip to get yourselves into the race. I Ivy, um maybe not the best time to bring this up, but how did your family um die last year? Oh, they well, I don't want to talk about it. Are are you okay to drive this race yes, with us? Yes, I am. I promise you I am. And I would have been last time, too. Well, uh, did they die in the race? I mean, you don't have to talk about it. Just kind of a yes or no answer. 
Yes, we didn't make it out of the first round. Okay, well, is there a specific spot, just so we are prepared? Is it the spot you mentioned before? It wasn't a specific spot. We were attacked, and we couldn't fend them off. Okay, well, we'll be ready. It's going to be different this time, Ivy. This time we're going to succeed, I know it. If, If you need anything from us, like if you have a moment... Call out instead of trying to power through it, um, so we don't veer off course. I'll take over driving if I need to. There will be no veering off course. I have been practicing this racetrack in my mind every day since the tragedy that was last year's tournament. Now, Ivy, if you get a little scared, I do have a great horned owl, and he's really good at calling people down. So, thank you, Jandar. That's very helpful. Um. Also, so. Uh, Flint told us about this giant greenback man. Is he going to be in this race? The the current king does not have to represent his house in any of the tournament until the final. So we won't be seeing him for quite some time. We need to focus on the task at hand. Is everyone focusing? I feel like I'm the only person who's focusing. Oh, we're focused. But his family is in this race. Wouldn't no. we want to take them out? Or His he, family will not be participating. He automatically qualifies for the last event. Correct. <sighs> Fine. Uh, Ivy, is there any of the competitors in round one we should be aware of? Well, you definitely want to watch out for. Um, you definitely want to watch out for the the Ridgebacks. You'll know them because uh, their flag is just a silhouette of the dragonborn Vesuvian man, Vitruvian man. Okay, they bad news. Yeah, they they tend to be pretty tricky, pretty dirty players. And then the black smokes, they tend to be they tend to have some of the best carts, the most hardcore carts out here. I think that ours is faster, but theirs may be a bit more equipped. Um, and then watch out for the sands. The sands, the, you'll know their cart when you see it, um, or at least I will. I'll call it out if I if I see it. They they may look tough, but I think that we can probably outmaneuver them and outsmart them. They're not too bright. Lots of brawn, no brains. Ivy, it looks like there are eight carts, including ours, Is and we have to finish in the top four. Is there any benefit to finishing first, second, or third as opposed to fourth? Uh, it just goes into the bracket for the second event. Okay, but, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, yeah, no, no, real, no real benefit. But, okay. Uh, Yes, I, I you, actually. So you you all look around, looking around. You see about eight other carts, but uh, they have you pretty spread out, and it is pretty dark out here in the desert, and so you can't really tell exactly how many people mm. are in this race. Did anyone bring Grammy's cookies with us? She's she's going to be somewhere near the finish line when we're done. Don't worry. And you can actually see um, under some of the lamps that are giving off light in the desert here that there are in fact groups of spectators gathering. You don't see Grammy, um, but after Juniper helped to hook your axe beaks up to your cart while you're sitting in your starting block, um, when she takes the horses off to the side, you see her settle in underneath one of the lamps, and then Burke shows up there, and Grammy is with him. Um, so the three of them sort of establish themselves. They put down some camp chairs, a nice table, they have some snacks. Um, they look like they're having a good time. Why do they get snacks and we don't? Man, Grammy may be ready to watch. <laughs> does, does anyone does anyone have any questions? Any last questions? Any last thoughts? 
that they'd like to share. Let's do it. I'm ready. Let's kick some ass. Do you like our outfits? I could not tell you how much I love them. Yes. And I want you to know that it's it's been an honor working with you, no matter what happens. Oh my gosh, you make it sound like we're gonna die. Let's just do this. Alright, as as you say that, you hear a deep bellowing horn blasting out in the desert, and suddenly all hell breaks loose. You see carts lurching forward, you hear drivers shouting and pulling on the reins of their carts, and uh, and suddenly the desert is a dark dust storm uh, with very little light to pick out, and Ivy pulls on the reins and urges the axe speaks forward and your cart starts to move. Can I blow my train whistle? Yeah, sure. Um, yes. Just adding to the din. Yeah. Excellent. Um, okay, so this race starts. Everything goes crazy. The dust is kicked up. You can see uh, a great fog cloud of dust around each of the lights out here in the desert and as Ivy whips the axe beaks into action, you pass under a gigantic stone archway that seems to be partly crumbled. Um, and as you do that, you see that there are several carts um, that have already got a pretty good lead on you out in front, um, as well as a couple of them that are pretty near to you, but um, there's only one cart that really um, started right next to you. And so you have one cart on your right, um, right out of the gates, and as you go under the first archway, their axle actually bumps right up against yours, and you see what appears to be a, a Conestoga-style wagon pulls up next to you, and um, as it pulls up, uh, their driver looks at Ivy and whips his, uh, uh, his, uh, oh god, I should have figured out what animals everybody's got pulling. So this, this cart, this cart has some large lizards pulling it um so on all fours they're not dragonborn they are actual desert dwelling lizards of some sort about the size of the axe beaks and they have four of them pulling their cart um and they're keeping up with you pace for pace at the moment um and so mace core it is your turn hmm uh, it, their their cart is basically side by side is that right right um they're like almost touching you well, I am going to, I'm going to uh, flash the cod piece at everyone on the cart. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, so one Are you going to be moving yourself to do that? Yes. Uh, so 23, um, 23 foot cone. Uh, nice. And they're blinded slash disadvantage for... Well, actually, no, 28-foot... Okay, so they got one turn, they're blinded, but it's a 28-foot cone, so I guess they're all blinded, is that right? Yes, yeah, so that's going to hit all of them. So, um, so yeah, so Mace Core, you flash the cod piece, the magical cod piece, in their direction, and a great, brilliant white flash comes off of it right as you got their attention, including their driver, who is looking in your direction when this goes off, and he is blinded on the spot. Um, and that's a bonus action, right? That is. And then I'm okay. going to take a regular arrow and I'm going to, um, try and, and shoot it at one of their wheels, like in the, uh, like the axle. Nice. Is that, is that possible? Yeah. You can shoot the spokes. 16. That'll hit. 
uh, well, 11 piercing, 6 freezing, 17 damage. So you take an arrow and fire it into, uh, which wheel are you aiming for? The front left wheel. Okay, so you fire it into the front left wheel on this cart, uh, which is the side of the cart that's sort of bumping up against yours. So you're just standing there firing this arrow down into it, and you actually see some wood splinters come flying up from it. Um, the driver, who's been blinded, um, can't really tell what's going on, but he starts to feel his cart twitching and swerving, um, and he actually overcompensates and pulls the reins hard to the right. And as you all keep moving forward, you see them drop off back behind you to your right. Um, And they disappear into the dark, and you actually hear a thud as they collide with something um, around the corner. And so that cart has crashed. Nice job, Mistful. Not me. I'm just going to pee in my chair. That's why we have diapers. <laughs> yeah, you know what they say. It's game night. Diaper up. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I actually got my two signs. I don't have to pee at all. <laughs> That's how that works, right? Oh, man. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I only pee once a week for like three minutes. And it's supposed to be like thick like syrup, right? Well, it's exactly right. If, 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 if it's red though, right? Like, it's, and it hurts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. No, it kind of looks like a McDonald's milkshake, like mm. a strawberry milkshake. It's bloody and it stings. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm pretty. I sure can't that... wait for Keegan to be editing and hearing this playback. <laughs> pretty sure. That's I hope that makes the uh, the end credits. I'm back. Oh, good. All right, good. Nothing inappropriate was said. Not good. At all. You can just keep all of it in. Yeah, no editing necessary. <laughs>